Awesome. Turn to the person next to you say, hey, time for the word. This is amazing. My heart is open and I'm ready. Yes, a lot of words. It's a lot of words, but we're trying to see how awake you are. <laughs> Amen. Are you guys good? Let's do some drama exercises. Are you guys ready? So when you're in drama class, they teach you how to laugh, cry, and smile. So everybody smile. Come on, let's see it. Everybody smile. Okay. Everybody laugh. <laughs> awesome. Sad face. Everybody sad face. Everybody smile. Awesome. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a terrible actor. <laughs> Ads. Ads. Can we just get uh, house lights, please, as well? Everyone's like really dark in here. Oh, gee, yeah. where's... <laughs> hey? I can't hear what he's saying. Oh, the haircut. Oh, thanks, man. Look at me. Looking better than Chelsea, that's for sure. No, I'm kidding. Hey, <laughs> son. Yo, Pasteur. Stout, 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 stout. <laughs> man. <laughs> Did you guys have a good time in worship this morning? Thank you, Father. Man, it's beautiful, hey? You know, we used to sing that uh, your love changes everything. You know, if we don't have the love of God in life, guys, what do we have? Hey? There is nothing of value in this world. Nothing compared to the love of God, you know? And it's so, it's so amazing. Grant read that scripture. And I'm like, he's reading Acts 2. I'm like, yes, where's this guy going? He's going to tell people to sell all their stuff. Like, what? <laughs> You know, but I mean, that, that is such an amazing uh, a testament of what happens to people when the love of God touches their hearts. Because you see, the number one thing that needs to happen, and it needs to be a marker for all of us to check, is that when the love of God touches our hearts, we must become so selfless. That's what it does. It kills any self-preservation that we have, you know? And when the Bible tells us to serve one another in love, it's talking about serving each other from that point where we are whole because of the love of God. Amen? Praise, Praise the Lord Jesus. Can you come Amen. down a little? I'm already shorter than you. Like. How's that? Okay. I don't know. Are we same? Okay, thanks, man. Okay, there we go. No, okay. Like, why don't you just come up? It feels wobbly. I don't, <laughs> don't want to fall. Awesome. So, we've had an amazing, amazing month of the cross. Amen? Amen. How have you guys enjoyed the true depiction of what your faith actually is? Mm. Amen? Hasn't it been beautiful? Man, we, saw, we showed you guys so much about the cross, and there's so much more to show you about the cross. But we just want to recap, about, recap a couple of little things this morning, and we're going to get into something quite cool. And that is, so we, we showed you from before the foundation of the earth. Amen? Jesus was the only way. There will only be one way. Amen. Before we could sin. Then we showed you how he came, stepped down off his throne. Philippians 2, the Bible says that he took off his cloak of deity, came into flesh, served us to the point of death, became sin for us. Not just took us and became sin. Amen. He is the second Adam who fixed the first Adam's mess up. Then what he did was he took all the punishment on the cross. Then he died and gave his life for us. It wasn't taken from him. He gave it by his own free will. Amen. Then he goes into the grave and then he shows us how to use the word and trust in the character of God. Amen. How to speak life into our circumstances as he uses his faith 
to be raised by the Holy Spirit out of the grave. Amen? Can you guys remember that? Powerful, beautiful stuff. And then he gets resurrected, shows us that he's alive, and then ascends to be with the Father in heaven, seated at the right hand of the, uh, of the throne. All the work is done. All the work is finished. And what now? This is the question. What does this mean? What does it mean for you and I right now? Yes, he came and he was the firstborn and the first fruit. The firstborn of the dead took the sin, showed us how to walk, walk by faith, showed us how uh, a, a man, Adam, in, uh, um, in the flesh would walk with God, came to show us that we have a heavenly father, not just a God. Amen came to expose the Father's heart, came to show us what a child of God looks like when he walks in harmony with the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? But what now? Freedom. I like Come it. on. I like it. Come on, guys. What now? Who can give me the answer? What was all of this work for? Because I can tell you right now, there are Christians around the world who go, oh, wow, that is so great. I'll see you next Easter at church. Oh, wow, that was so great. Guess what? I'm saved and I'm not going to hell. Oh, wow, Jesus is so cool. He's so lacquer. Hey, man, thanks for everything that you did, my bra. <laughs> my bra. Now I can just carry on doing what I want to do, how I want to do it, and... Um, that's going to be life for me as a Christian. I'm asking you this morning, after all we've shown you this month, what does it mean to you in your everyday life? Yeah. You're going to get challenged this morning. Are you ready to be challenged? I said, are you ready to be challenged? Yeah. Just do this. Come on. <laughs> I'm ready, pastor. Say it with your chest. <laughs> this is so important, family, because what is it? What was it all for? What was the purpose of this thing? What was it about? Was it just about not going to hell and then living the next 60 years of life on earth in hell, inside your own soul? Are you with me? What was it all about? Folks, I want you to go deep into your heart this morning. You've got to think about it because it had to be more than just being safe from hell. 99% of Christians, that's as, good, that's as good as it gets for them. That's good enough for them. I'm not going to hell. I'm going to take this thing. I've got my ticket, and I am living it up until I see him in heaven. <laughs> and what does that mean, family? It means that the statistics that we see today are proof that all that work that Jesus did, all that beauty that he showed us, all that sacrifice that he gave us have never been appropriated. Why? Because we still have as many divorces in the church as we do in the world. Hello? We still have alcoholics running around in the church that are bound by alcohol, bound by drugs, bound by sex, bound by self. We still have people that are using and abusing each other in relationships today. Uh, let me date this guy. Let me date this chick. 
Oh, yeah, you know what? When I'm done getting what I need, let me just move on. Hey, I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven anyway. Everything's cool. I'm a Christian. I've got my ticket. Let me just do what I want. I've got a license to live it up, brother. I can be what I want, say what I want, do what I want, anytime I want, because I am a Christian. Do you think that that is what Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection came to produce? Amen? So what is the purpose? What does the cross mean in your heart this morning? And for those that are watching us online, what has that work really changed in your life? What has that work of the cross really purposed in you this morning? What are you experiencing from that finished work? In your marriage? In your soul? In your friendships? What has it done for you? Man, the greatest disappointment would ever be, would be us not appropriating that work and allowing that work to be vain. We sit on Easter Friday and we hear it and we look at it and we see the blood and we see the, the goriness of the sacrifice. We understand what he does. We see, this, we see this work. But how much we cry on Easter but how much of it gets internalized to the point where it changes us? How much of it is impacting us on a level where there is results of the work in our life? There must be results for any kind of work. Any work that you put your hand to, there has to be a result, otherwise you would go insane. Hello? Hello. But how crazy would it be that we take his work and we don't appropriate it and nothing happens? And we stay in our darkness, we stay in our brokenness, we stay in our selfishness. But just to put the cherry on the top, we walk around and we call ourselves Christians. Damn, now wonder the world wants nothing to do with church. The Bible says that because of that work and because of how we've appropriated that work, we have now become the leaders on this planet. Why? Because we carry the light. Amen? There has to be something different between us and them. There has to be a different logic, a, dif a different thought pattern, a different approach to life. Otherwise, all of that stuff that we've spoken about in this whole month is vain work. And our Jesus didn't do a vain work. He did a complete job. Come on. Amen? A complete finished work. So what is it? Come on, tell me. I want you to go into your heart this morning. You're going to get challenged here this morning. Okay? Are you ready? Take a deep breath and say, punch me in the guts, Pastor. Come on. <laughs> you know, when we used to go boxing training, they used to make us stand behind, with our hands behind our back, and then everybody runs past, and they give you a couple of shots in your stomach to make you tough. Cheers. Are you ready? 
Everybody, take a breath. Come on, take a breath. You better get punched in the guts. <laughs> but with love. <laughs> that makes Amen? It, that makes it okay. That makes it okay? 100%. What is it doing for you? What does that finished work mean? What results can be seen in your life? Are you with me? So what is it that Jesus came to do, fam? Now, we're sitting here 2,000 and something years later. So what? Jesus did all the stuff on the cross. Okay, so what? What does it mean? What did he really come to do? Yeah. He didn't just come to save you from, from hell. The crazy thing is those folks who think it's just about being saved from hell, they live such a bad life on earth for the next 60 years. They become so bitter and twisted in their hearts, they send themselves to hell. Are you with me? Jesus said this. He said, I came to give life and life more abundantly. Post-cross. Post-cross has to be different to pre-cross. Post-cross in your life has to be different to Didi before the cross. Are you with me? Because now I am partaking of the very nature and life of God. I've got to be different. Somehow, somewhere, I've got to be different. You see, Jesus came to give us life, to make us whole, so that we can be whole people who heal people. Jesus came to make us whole so we can heal people. Broken people break people. He saw that we were broken. And he said, I need to love them out of their brokenness. I need to help them out of their depravity. And when my children receive my love and they become whole humans again, they will be able to make the rest of them whole, like themselves. The cross can't just stay something that you celebrate on Easter. The cross has to be something that's working in your very heart and your very relationships. You were made for two things, family, a relationship with God and a relationship with people. But we can't be this, this, this broken entity. Don't you understand? This is the plan. This was the plan so that none should perish. This was the big picture. And the big picture starts with you, my brother. It starts with you. It starts with me. Where does it start? It starts in our hearts, one heart at a time, in our homes, one family at a time. That's what it's all about. That's the big picture. It was about making you whole so that you can help me be whole. Amen? It wasn't about changing you and making you a better, uh, uh, um, somebody who doesn't sin as much and, and all these kinds of things. He wasn't coming yet to, to do that. He was coming yet to show you life so that you could partake of life and you would be able to share life. Amen. Come on. You see, the vision for us was always someone else. 
whether it's the relationship we're having with our wives and our husbands or, or, or people in church or our children. Are you with me? He was the first fruit of those who are living. He was the firstborn of those who were dead. Now we are. We are the rest of the, of the bunch, of the same vine, supposed to be giving the same life. Are you with me? Grant, just come here quickly. I've got, a, I've got a, an illustration. Okay, I need some stuff here. Just stand over there. Okay. No, no, no. You're going to walk across the stage. Okay. Yeah, so as you walk, let me just do this quickly, guys. I need some props. What do you need? Don't worry. Okay, so while Didi's sorting that out, I'm not entirely sure how long you're going to take, but I'll just make some noise in the meantime. How's that? Is that cool? Yeah. So this is just some... Um, some background noise. There's a juice box. We have a juice box. Sugar free. Yeah. <laughs> this one's going to be full of sugar. <laughs> okay, Grant, I want you to, to, to walk in front of this slowly, one step at a time across the stage. Okay. So this is, this is a broken person. Come here. Come here. Come here. Okay. <laughs> so as you walk, okay, start there, start there, start there. Yeah. So as you walk, go, walk. Yeah, yeah, straight. No, but not, not rounded. Go, but this is the trail that a broken person leaves. Go, 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 go. Sis Grant, yes, see. You see, this is what Jesus came to change. It wasn't about the devil. The devil, the devil. The devil. It was about broken people lost in their selfishness, their self-centeredness. Me, 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 me. My feelings, myself, all about me. Exactly. I'll date this person because I need something. And when I'm finished with them, they're done. This is it. You just leave all this, this trail of disaster and brokenness behind ourselves. Chasing the money, who cares? What, what is it all about? I'm a Christian, I can just do whatever I want. And behind you is just a trail of darkness and disaster. But Jesus said, that's not what I came to give. I came to give life and life more abundantly. Come on, folks. Yeah. Are you with me? That's what he came to give us. Kirk, come up here, buddy. <laughs> Here's the next one. Let's go. Kirk. That's why I was giving you guys drama classes before this. You see? Groot pek, kom hier so. See, God gave you a soul and a heart. Are you with me? So that you could have a deep, deep, you could become whole person. A person who's not seeking for himself. And in his own darkness and, and selfishness, destroying everything around him. But to bring life into this human heart. So that this heart could have a vision greater and bigger than himself. And in the process, he said, when you're whole, Kirk, if you'll take the cross and you'll make it mean something to you. When you come into connection 
with Groot back. His back won't be so Groot anymore. <laughs> Are you with me? And because he's whole, he becomes whole. <laughs> Are you with me, folks? And this is the trail that Kirk leaves. This is the legacy that Kirk leaves that was started with Jesus and it is finished with us. Come on, give God a big round of applause. Thanks, guys. Man, we can't sit at the family, Brian, have the same bloody problems as everybody else. That's a belief, man. Sit at the family, Brian, we all talk about our depression tablets. Hey? What's that? Oh, God, yeah, the sleeping tablets. We're sitting at the, but listen here, guys, there's life in us. There's, there's a life in us that no one could actually ever get from the, within themselves. It's from the source of life himself. And we're sitting at the family, Brown, we're talking about how we need to take sleeping tablets to have peace. We have the same problems. We sit there with Uncle Snotkop, who has 25 marriages, and we agree with him, yeah, 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 that's life, eh? Yeah, life happens, but. Remember the bumper sticker, life just happens, remember? Life happens, eh, guys, did you know that? S-H-R-T, happens. No, you stand in it. And then you keep standing in it because you, you're looking down instead of up. Amen? Come on. Are you guys with me? What does the cross mean in your life? What does it mean for you today? What is the purpose of this thing? Are you experiencing this thing? Has it changed you to the point that when you connect with people, people feel different about themselves? You see, it's all about him reestablishing the self-worth and the dignity in the human heart. So that the human heart itself will stop debasing itself. How can we say we are saved, healed, delivered, but we continue to debase ourselves on a daily basis? The scriptures say that the entire creation is crying out for the revealing of the sons of God. Amen. In the book of John, it says, no man will see God unless he sees God in you. Exactly. Exactly. Are you with me? It can never be. We can never be the same. Come on. We're whole. We're blameless. Somebody did it for us. Exactly. It's so important. This is the plan. It doesn't get bigger and grander than this, family. Yeah. He goes to the grave. He gets risen. And just before he, gets, uh, before he ascends, he leaves us with one thing. One thing on his heart. One thing. He says, go out there now. Make disciples. Make disciples of others 
Show them how to be whole, like I've made you whole. He didn't say, go start a franchise of Bible schools. It's not about knowledge. It's about Kirk experiencing something in his heart, internalizing it, making it real, uh, uh, being accountable to that love, and that then changes Marion. And then Marion changes Adora. Are you with me? Then little Adora goes to school and she changes the kids at school because she's so whole she can't help herself. And guess what happens? It just gets passed forward and God gets glory and the cross gets glorified and Christ becomes king of everyone's heart and Christ becomes king of a society. It starts with one heart. It starts with you. It starts with me. If I can be accountable to it in my house, then my family will be accountable when they meet your kids at school. You can trust my kids with your kids because you did what you were supposed to do. Don't come here and ask the government to, to have extracurriculum uh, stuff at school, psychiatrists to come visit your children because you can't handle your children. Rubbish. Your children are broken because you're still broken. This is good stuff. Stand up. Be a man of God. Be a woman of God. Exactly. God's not asking you to do anything in your strength. He's saying, open your heart and I will fix it. Amen. Come on. This is the plan. This was the plan from the beginning. There's a responsibility with this freedom. Somebody shouted out freedom just now. There's a responsibility that comes with this freedom. Amen? Give God a big shout of praise. You better take over because I'm getting heated yeah. Did you like there? I, I'm like, did you like warm up? Do you like, yes, dear. It's a heavy story, man. But what did Jesus say? A new commandment I give to you. That you what? You love one another as I have loved you. Simple, elegant, efficient, beautiful. That's just the mind of God. Amen? That's just exactly how he does things. But how many of you here sitting right, right now and online, you're listening to this amazing preach, and the first thing you think is, I've got to do better. Right? Okay, you don't, don't all, have to, all have to put your hands up. But it's something that's there, right? I gotta do better. I gotta, I gotta work on myself. I gotta, you know, you missed it. It's not about that at all. It's not about you doing better. It's about you actually accepting what Christ has done. That's what it's about. You see, when the scholars, when they, when they write and they talk about the grace of God, because Ephesians tells us we have been saved by grace through Faith, right? And you know, when they write about the grace of God, using some, obviously some poetic justice, you know, they talk about how the grace of God is the divine touch of God on the heart of man, changing his motive and intention towards life. All right? And there's two, two sort of dynamics that take place um, when a believer 
actually gets awakened by the touch of God in their heart, right? The first dynamic is they need to accept, okay, cool. Jesus, I agree. This is what you came to do, right? But then what happens after that is that they're met by all the other logic that they've accumulated their entire life. And they bring that logic to God. So where does that logic show itself? In the example I just gave you that, you hear this amazing thing about being selfless and responsible and connecting with God, but the first thing you think of is, I need to do better. I need to try harder. I need to be right, etc., etc. You know? And the funny thing is, the Bible tells us that the gospel is the power of God given for the salvation of men. Romans 1, that's what he says. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power, right? But the thing is this, if I had to ask you now, what is the gospel? What would you say? The whole word? Is it everything? Even what Job said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Is it... Is it the Sodom and Gomorrah story as well? Is it? It's the good news of Jesus. Now, I'm going to say something a bit controversial here, but this whole thing is not the gospel, guys. Bash, what are you saying? It's not. It's not the gospel. This whole book has wisdom upon wisdom upon wisdom upon wisdom and truth and liberty and everything in it to give us wisdom on how to live this life. But the only part of this book that is power to us is the gospel. Because the gospel is the only thing that killed self. You see, I can tell you do not lie. And you're not gonna lie, you're not gonna stop lying for the benefit of the person next to you. You're gonna stop lying for the benefit of your conscience. You haven't died to self. You've missed the whole point of the gospel. I can tell you, do not steal. You're not going to steal to preserve yourself. Not because you love your neighbor. The Bible tells us that love is the fulfillment of the law. But the problem with the law is that people took it to serve themselves. So they took the God and they're like, Jesus, we agree. Yes, you, this is everything you did. But we won't agree on the fact that we'll stop serving ourselves. So we'll take everything you're saying and everything that you did and we'll use it to serve ourselves. So now all of a sudden, the law becomes death to us. Because you see, anything that is done apart from faith is sin. What is it? Everything, what is faith? Faith is trust in God, right? So everything that's done outside of trusting God is sin. And we, you guys know sin is missing the mark, right? That chaos, oh, music stands and all that stuff. <laughs> all that chaos, that's the sin. That's what missing the mark produces. And it's so amazing is that every single time people open this book, especially, especially uh, people who refuse to accept that you died Everything about you died, like we explained. The death that we died is the same death that Christ died. And the life that we now live is the same life he has. Do you know what the, the interesting thing about that equation is? Is that there's no us in it. 
Why do you think Ephesians, when it explains, it says, Christ is the head and we are the body. Right? Have you ever seen a face on a body? If you have, report it somewhere. Something needs to happen. Okay? That's not natural. Where is the face supposed to be? It's supposed to be on the head. Look at the person next to you and do that. Say, this is my face. This, yeah, you know? Just vogue it out, yeah. You know? Are you guys understanding what I'm saying? This is why Jesus came and said, listen, I am the vine, you're the branches. Abide in me. Colossians, you died, but your life is now hidden in Christ. You see, the entire emphasis, guys, is that of, of the gospel is that you are free from the vicious cycle of self-preservation. Because in your self-preservation, you left all this chaos behind you. Now, that's fine if it's one person. What about when it's six billion people who are stuck in self-preservation? What do we get? Have you looked at the world recently? Welcome. Welcome. People say, oh, it's the wrath of God. Nonsense. It's the death linked to self-preservation, the works of the flesh. And it's so amazing, right? It's so amazing that Paul himself even says in Galatians, he says, listen, you who try to be justified by the law have fallen from grace. Galatians 5.4. Hello. That's a good place to clap. That's a good place to clap. Because what do they tell you today? Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to say, it's not those who have sinned yeah, fall from grace. Eh? It's yeah. those who have trusted in their flesh to fulfill the law have fallen from grace. Sheesh. Now listen, listen, before you get all excited, okay. Leicester, right? Leicester. 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 Are you calling them lazy stars? Lazy stars. <laughs> Sorry, that failed dismally. Listen, okay. People will tell you, if you don't do something right, you're out of grace. But the message of grace is not about what you're doing. The message of grace is what God has done. Listen carefully, guys. That, amen, I love it. I love the reaction. Yes. Put this in your heart. Because any person who tells you about the grace of God and anywhere in the equation is your action, ability, or whatever, they are lying. They are confused. I'm not going to say that on the mic, Pastor. They are confused, all right? Because it does, they, they haven't lost value. God doesn't stop loving them or anything like that. But they have rejected the truth of what the gospel is. Because Paul says that, listen, any action that you take, now listen, trying to be justified by the law, right, is any action that you take to serve self. You go and you study out in the Greek, every time the word law is mentioned, it's not always talking about Moses. It's talking about a way, a tradition, uh, a reason that's established, right? It's not just the 10. It's anything that you've established in your life that has come down to you serving yourself somehow. You have fallen from grace. Ouch. What kind of sermon is this? We come to this church, they're telling us that if we live for ourselves, we've fallen from grace. I'm not telling you, the Bible is telling you that. You see, grace is not about what you're doing. Grace is about what Jesus has done. 
right? Now in that, people will say, cool, I don't have to do anything. But listen to what you're saying. You're still serving yourself because in that you're saying, ah, all this weight is gone. I'm just going to go carry on doing what I want to do. You're still in yourself. Just because the pain and the, the discomfort and the weight and the guilt and the condemnation is gone doesn't mean that you're out of yourself and in Christ. Listen to what I'm saying, guys. It doesn't mean that. Because you see, only until you're experiencing life the way Christ is experiencing it, then you're out of yourself. Amen. Amen. Listen to this. If we don't get this, because we dealt with, okay, he got off the throne. He became a human. He, imagine, guys, they didn't even have toilets. Jesus came to a world that didn't have toilets. How many of us would survive in a world like that? Let's be honest. They didn't have running water. You think load shedding is bad? They didn't even have electricity. Hello. This is the kind of world that he came to. He lived as a man, okay? Fulfilled everything. Walked perfectly. What does walking perfectly mean? Is that he was perfectly loved by the Father to the point where he never served himself. Total, absolute freedom. Not one inch of slavery in, in him. Yeah, people think, yo, the devil's got me in chains. Your chains are your own. Where did the devil get chains from to put you in? Tell me. Did he go to Bolton Steel? Did he go to, what? But he went to Builders Warehouse. You know that big, thick chain? Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'll have one there, please. Okay, Christian, come here. Click. You know? Where did he get chains to put you in chains? Your chains are your own. Your own heart are your, is your chains. Don't go and say, oh, I just wish, Lord, you just break every chain. The chains are gone, guys. Do you know why? Because he took the chains off. And while all that chaos was there, he's saying, come, let me give you a better life. Let me give you a life where you can have peace. Amen? So when we look at it, let's go read Galatians 5. Let's put it up there, please. Are you guys getting something this morning? It's not heavy. This should be freeing to you. This is the gospel. Irina's <laughs> gave me a good smile there. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yeah, you guys got a six-pack yet? You know, hey, praise the Lord. Maybe before Sunday lunch. Okay. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. What freedom? The freedom that Christ has made us free in. You see, your definition of freedom is just like, oh, if this trouble could stop, I'd be free. W would you? Because the same Christ who came to give you that freedom is the same Christ that told you, you'll have trouble in this world. So whose definition is right here? Right? Made us free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. Okay, stop. Stop. Let's just focus for a second. He's talking about Jews who came to a believing church and told them you must follow the law. Follow the traditions, follow all the stuff so they can be justified. They can be righteous. That's what he's talking about here, Right? And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the entire law. So don't come and tell people do one thing. Just do this one thing right, right? Now here's the principle. People say, oh, you, if you want to keep the law, you must keep the whole law. The problem is not keeping the law. The problem is you keeping the law to serve yourself. The law was not given to Israel to serve themselves. The law was given to Israel as to how they must serve each other. 
Listen carefully. Because God said, this is how I serve you. I do not lie to you. I do not steal. I do not kill. So as I serve you, you now serve others. From the beginning, there was no equation about how we serve ourselves. Hello? Sorry. Okay, we'll try again just now. Verse 4. You have become estranged from Christ. You, you who attempted, attempt to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. Now listen, I don't mind walking up the stage and falling down. That's cool. I'm going to get up. I'll be like, damn, that was embarrassing. Hurt my knees, dust my jeans off. You know, whatever, it's cool. Move on with life. But you need to understand, falling from grace doesn't mean you're unsaved. Listen carefully, guys, because you see, um, all these emotional preachers over the years have, have dumbed down, right, the words of God to the point where it's just become emotional experience. Every word that, that is about God is truth about a person. It's not about emotional experience. When the Bible says God is love, it's not like, oh, God is love. No, that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about he is the definition of perfection and the definition of how we are to treat each other. Because that is the way he treats us. So if we behold him exactly as he is, we don't need more information about his, his motive, about what he will do, what he believes, what he stands for. He is his definition. Are you with me? In the same way, here where it says you've fallen from grace, it's not saying you're going to hell. He's saying you have forfeited the freedom that Christ died for you to experience. Now the word forfeited, okay, what does that mean? If you and I are in a match and we go in and I'm like, okay, I'm done, I'm walking off the field. Oh, I don't show up, right? What happened there? Didi didn't beat me. Ha. You get the victory, but I mean, you didn't beat me. I would beat you, though. <laughs> I would beat you. On the tennis court. Let's go now, bro. 1v1. Let's, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but what happens is that you gave up your right. I want to show you now, in, later in this chapter, what he explains about that. Falling from grace doesn't mean you're unsaved. It just means that now you're going to be in that cycle of that chaos instead of being in Christ. You see, there's a very overwhelming scripture in Corinthians, right? And this is a heavy one because it says this, and it's talking about food sacrificed to idols. You guys can go read it, all right? It says this, everything is permissible. Now, hold on. Pastor, Vahabiki. How can you say everything is permissible? I didn't. It's in the Bible. The Apostle Paul said it. Right? What does that mean? He's kind of saying, is like, listen, there's nothing that you can do that's going to make you unsaved. Your salvation is done. Cheers. Accept it. It's cool. Everlasting righteousness, as the Bible calls it. But then he goes and he makes this statement. And he says, but not everything is beneficial. Can you see the mind shift that he's trying to bring across? Because the Bible tells us it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. 
So now, do you know what freedom means in the Greek, right? It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's like if you actually go and study it, right? The word freedom, to be free, do you know what it means? It means you're free. <laughs> wow. Sheesh, what do we learn in church? Eh? It's crazy. People will tell you, yeah, Christ has set you free, but. Did Christ set my butt free? What, what are you talking about? I don't, I don't understand. Pastor, no. Freedom. Because you know why? Not at one point in your life did God compromise your free will. Not once. Are you with me? And that even stands even after you accepted Jesus. That is the continuum. God will never. He says, listen, you're saved. You are a new creation. 100%. But now he's telling us, partake of the new nature, like you were talking about. Partake and choose the benefit I'm showing you. Don't carry on in the old chaos. Are you with me? Don't carry on in that. Choose the benefit that I'm showing you, the abundant life that I came to give you. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God a big shout of praise. Perfect. So Galatians 5, let's go down to 13. Listen, and if you guys haven't read the book of Galatians, please, please go and do it. Because, you know, people even use that, that, that training of their own conscience, right? That training of their own conscience, they use that to tell other people how to work with God. It's like they'll tell you, it's like you can't just say people can do anything. It's like, I'm not saying that. The Bible is saying that. No, 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 but what about the fear of God? You see, serving self never led to any life. The Bible tells us that the minute you walk by the flesh, which is serving self, you reap corruption. So what do you need to keep you in line? You need fear. You need fear and judgment and terror. Hellfire and brimstone. You need that to keep you in line. Because you're never walking in any benefit. You're in a constant cycle of corruption. But it says those who walk by the Spirit experience eternal life. So God is saying you are free. But now let my love be the thing that guides you. You must remember that Colossians 2 tells us that God never once made an enemy of man. Colossians 2 tells us that we made ourselves enemies of God in the futility of our thinking and we alienated ourselves from him. He never cast us out. He never told us, Futak from here. He never said that. We, because of our self-service, the guilt, the condemnation, the destruction, the corruption that we were stuck in, we decided, God's upset with me because I'm upset with myself. Cheers. What do we do? We put that on other people. Listen, I'm not going to love you in a way different than I love myself. If you come here and you do something different to me, listen, you, you're out. Go. I can't love you. Are you guys with me? Verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters. Is it this one? Okay, I'm going to read there because, okay. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Freedom, right? Only do not use liberty... As what? As an opportunity for the? Paul is explaining, guys, you have the choice. You can go to the family bride and talk about your depression tablets. You can. 
It's your choice. Indulge your flesh all you want. Do it. You can choose. But he's saying don't. He's saying there's a better life, guys. You must remember, you indulging your flesh, right? People talk about, oh, the wrath of God. Forget the wrath of God. That's dealt with in Jesus. You know, it's even worse than the wrath of God. Your free will. The consequences of your decisions. I would rather have the wrath of God than my own free will consequences. Do you know why? Because the wrath of God was satisfied in Jesus. If I go out here now and I kick the speaker, my foot's going to break. I'm giving an example of sin, right? If I go damage myself, it's a consequence I have to bear in my own body. But people won't tell you that. They'll tell you, oh, the wrath of God. It's like, hello, the wrath of God is satisfied in Jesus. What we need to be telling people is that there's a life that he's called you to that is apart from the corruption, right? And it's got nothing to do with God. The corruption is our own consequences. It's not God or the devil or demons or whatever else you want to call it, right? It's our own consequences. <laughs> yeah. All right. But through love, serve one another. Next. Keep going. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Keep going. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What is walking in the spirit, guys? So amazing. Jesus makes a statement, right? And he says, the one who is to come, the Holy Spirit, right? The promise that is coming. What does he say? He says, what is he going to tell you? He's going to tell you of what? Of Jesus and what Jesus has done. Jesus himself said that. He said, when he comes, he's going to tell you about me. And he's going to tell you about what I've done. So if you want to walk by the Spirit, that's what the logic you need to be carrying. You can't be living life with, what am I going to get out of this? That's the flesh. That's not walking by the Spirit. Amen? Because the Spirit testifies of Jesus. All right, next. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now listen to this carefully, okay? Now the works of the flesh are evident, okay? All right? If anyone is wondering what the works of the flesh are, here they are, okay? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousness, je jealousies, sorry, jealousness, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. He's like, there's so many, guys, and the like, all right? Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time past. Now listen carefully. Those who practice such things will be unsaved. Oh, sorry, wrong translation. Those who practice such things will burn in hell. Sorry, wrong translation. Those who practice such things are cursed in this life. I just can't get this right, deeds. Guys, what translation is this? I'm joking. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Entertain me for a second. I know you have been entertaining me for a second. You get a letter. Your uncle has died. He was a billionaire. They say he's written you into his will, right? 
We need you to come to the reading of the will so that we can give you what's yours. Sweet. How are you going to get what's yours if you don't go to the meeting? How are you going to get what's yours if you don't take receipt of it? You see, this year will not inherit the kingdom, kingdom of God. doesn't mean it wasn't given to you. Yes, we just mustn't freeze frame those things and post today. I would probably look like a clown. <laughs> probably do. Um, are you guys understanding what I'm saying? But because of that guilty conscience, the condemnation, the need to serve ourselves to be righteous, the need to be self-righteous, we read this as eternal damnation. And we completely negate what Christ has done for us. Because what Christ has done for us cannot be undone. How does a new creation become old again? Tell me. How does something that is Christ-like die again? You can fight with me all you want, but you have to fight with this. I'm just saying what's in you. But there is a responsibility here, guys, that now we have been free. And you know what? It's the same responsibility Adam and Eve had. God said, don't eat from the tree. You can have anything, dude. Everything else is yours. Just don't eat that thing. Okay, shop. What's the difference between our choice now about walking by the Spirit or walking by the flesh? One is to serve self. The other one we will find self-served. Huge difference, guys. Amen. Amen. Did you guys get something? So I'm going to ask you that question again that I asked right in the beginning of the service. You've seen his beauty. You've seen all that he's done for you. You've watched him tormented, separated from God, go to the grave, be raised from the dead, resurrected and seated on the throne. What does it mean? What was it all for? What was the purpose? The purpose was, let's go here quickly. Okay, get Romans 2 verse 4 ready, but don't put it up yet. The purpose of the good news of the gospel is to bring about repentance in a man's heart. Do you know what repentance means, guys? Now, this is what you've been taught repentance is your whole life. You, when you go to the traditional Orthodox churches, this is what they say to you. They say repentance is when you've got a problem with alcohol, and then you turn away from alcohol to be right with God. They say repentance is when you've got a problem with adultery, and you turn away from adultery. You do 180. How many of you guys heard this before? Repentance is to bring about a 180 degree turn from your sin. What does the cross mean to you? That's what I'm asking you this morning. You see, because when you turn away from your alcohol or your adultery or your lies or your or any of those things to be right with God, you're turning from something to yourself to, be make, to make yourself self-righteous. You're still turning to self to serve self. All the goodness, all that stuff that Jesus did was about bringing repentance into the heart so that you can become whole. I cried in the car one day. I was like, Lord, I want to know what repentance means. And he said to me, 
he gave me a vision and he said, imagine this. The, the captain of the, of the uh, what do you call it, the Navy of Russia sends out a warship to go and bomb America. So the warship's out. It's loaded. It's ready. It's a destroyer and it's about to do its job. Its purpose is to kill. Are you with me? And it goes. And halfway between uh, Russia and America, the captain turns and says, repent the ship, repent the ship, turn. And the ship turns, this warship loaded with warheads, death and destruction is its purpose. And it turns and it goes back and it's in the harbor of the, of the Russian territory. Has the ship repented? It's still a warship. Its purpose is still to kill and destroy. The moment we take the warheads and the soldiers off of that ship and we put medicine and, and uh, surgery uh, uh, beds and, and you name it, all that stuff, and we put nurses and doctors in there and we send that ship out, only now is that ship repented because it's got a different purpose. That is true repentance. What does the cross mean to you? Let's go to Romans 2 verse 4. Or do you despise the riches of His goodness, all that He's done on the cross, His forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? You can't stay a warship. You can't stay a self-destructive destroyer something has to change in you no longer can you stay broken breaking people you have to become a channel of life for other people close your eyes and bow your head this morning I want you to be accountable to his riches his long-suffering, His forbearance, His goodness that was shared upon you to bring about a change of heart and a change of humanity inside you. So that you would wake up every morning and you would leave your house thinking of others and not yourself. When last did you share the gospel, family? When last did you share the good news? When last were you experiencing the good news in your heart that you could give it and you couldn't help yourself? When last? That is being accountable to the cross of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. True repentance. It's not about me. It's about you. I'm settled. I'm free. I'm whole. I'm whole in Jesus. Now help me, show me, guide me, lead me to make the world whole in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you.
Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on, let's give him a big, big shout of praise for the next 10 seconds. Come on. He set you free from yourself. He set you free from yourself. He set you free from yourself. Come on, give it up to him, man. Give it up. Give it up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.